turning around and seeing the, the little kid wearing our uniform like genuinely moved me to tears because he's clearly into it. And that's the, that's the point. We want kids to be in love with this, to be in love with the sport. We want kids to be in love with our team. We want kids to think that this is the coolest thing that they could be doing on a Saturday night. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been far too long, but Pod County is back. And we have got a great set of guests today. We have First State FC Wilmington slash Delaware, all of Delaware is the first state, our professional soccer team. Formed this year, well, form, formed in 2019, but first full season this year. They were supposed to debut last season, but of course, everyone knows there was a pandemic and it ruined everyone's lives and it was awful. But we've got First State FC. They are here in the house. They play at Abyssinio Stadium. They are an NPSL, the National Premier Soccer League club, which is like the fourth tier of American soccer. You've got your MLS and your USL and your... UPSL and NPSL, and they, they, but there are hundreds of NPSL teams across the country. First State FC plays in a league with Hershey, Pennsylvania, and Atlantic City, Morristown, New Jersey, Monmouth, New Jersey. I think there's eight teams in there. They're in the Keystone Conference. Westchester, pretty sure, is in this uh, conference. And they are our own. They are our team. So we've got Dave Holloway, who is one of the club managers. And we've got uh, Chibsa, who is the coach of the, the team and an assistant coach with the University of Delaware in his non-first state time. Here to talk about all things soccer in Delaware and all things first state FC. So I mean, just just a great group of guys. Uh, if, if you have not had the chance to go out to a game I highly recommend going out to a game. We're recording this uh, on on Wednesday, uh, June 23rd, and I'm going to hope to get it published uh, before their next game on Saturday uh, when when they will take on Torch FC. Uh, But if not, their final home game is July 3rd where they're playing Electric City, uh, which is Scranton, because Scranton is the Electric City. So July 3rd will be their final home game and final game of the season, unless we get a couple of uh, lucky results or, or we need we need a lot of things to go right to make the playoffs. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit in, in the podcast today. But welcome back to Pod County. We've got a bunch of guests that we're going to be rolling out over the next couple of weeks. Vaccines have made it possible for us to get people back in the studio. We had tried... Uh, doing some recording via Zoom guests, and it just, it it was a giant pain trying to make it all work. We had connection issues, and we had audio issues, and we had uh, just, it, it wasn't happening. So we're finally at a point where people can come into the county government center, the doors are open to the public again, and we can bring guests into the studio and be safe and keep everybody healthy, and, and we're able to do that. So we, we've got the first eight FC guys in this week. Uh, we're going to be rolling out uh, some interviews with a couple authors over the next couple weeks uh, that we've got scheduled, and hopefully just m- a whole bunch more uh, as we go through the summer and, and getting this podcast rolling out regularly to our devoted listeners. We, we celebrated 1,000 downloads over this break where we haven't really been recording, so it's been great to see people still listening, even though we, we haven't been able to put new episodes out. But uh, sit back and enjoy this interview, uh, this episode with First State FC, and uh, like I said, hopefully we'll see you out at uh, First State FC game at Avicennio Stadium in Wilmington real soon.
So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Pod County. Back after a long time, we've got First State FC's Dave Holloway, and and Chipsa. How how do you prefer your? You've got a long name. How do you just, do. just Chipsa? Is that good or? I've always gone by Chipsa. So yeah. Okay. Let's, let's and uh, head head coach. Chips is here. Okay. And we've got County Executive Matt Meyer joining us at the top. So Hello. It's great to be here. Welcome. Welcome. So for those who don't know, First State FC is is Delaware and Wilmington's professional soccer team. There's been a couple iterations of professional soccer clubs in Delaware before, but this feels a bit different to me. I don't know. Dave, tell me a little bit about how this came to be. We knew from the beginning that that soccer was something that this community had some kind of hunger for, appetite for. About two and a half years ago, I, I'll honestly say that it started with, in some respects, the U.S. not qualifying for the World Cup in 2017, right, when we went down and lost in that last game and then didn't qualify for the 2018 World Cup. Afterwards, there was lots of to-do about what's wrong with American soccer and, you know, Taylor Twelman, what are we doing, or whatever it was. And I think there's a lot of interesting stuff circulating. I had already read about, you know, if you've ever read anything about the... um sort of the revival of Belgian soccer and sort of what they did to kind of turn their system around. And I thought that was really interesting back when all that stuff was circulating about five or six years ago. Some of that stuff recirculated when it came down to talk about what the Americans were doing wrong. What, what did the Belgians do? <clears throat> so, Chibs, you'll probably be able to you'll remember some of this stuff better than I do, but they sort of revamped how they're teaching it at the lower levels. I think they added a lot of youth coaches. Correct. They changed um, – they started having kids not – play full field. So like until you were eight, nine, ten years old, you were playing on thirty small sided fields. Yeah. S- small sided, yeah. you there were no goals. No goals. You couldn't um, pass more than twenty yards, yeah. right? Or something like that. Yep. Yeah. It's a lot of uh, player uh, developmental initiatives um, that are put from age nine all the way to I would say 13 until you're able to play like a full-sided game. So, so explain, what, what is that? That develops some of your finer sort of individual skills, short passes? That is correct. And also getting more kids to actually play and, and have touches on the ball. Because before then, you would have kids that are using size five, playing on a bigger field. And if you look at the 90-minute game, even in a professional environment, you were lucky to touch the ball more than six, seven minutes. So they realized there was a need for kid to develop properly by having more touches on the ball. So due to that, they reduced the size of kids that play at that age and also the field. Um, So that way more kids can have more touches on the ball at a younger age, developing their technical skills and the tools at the fundamental phase until they get to age 13 where they are considered matured to play on a bigger field with the bigger size. Interesting. And I think uh, on top of that, to now transition it to the American side of things, not having goals, right, meant that the game didn't become about winning or losing, right? The game was about playing, having fun, being creative, yeah. finding ways to connect passes. At some point, they didn't even count scores at the younger ages. It was just free play. That is, you know, some people cite to that as being a big problem here, is that 8, 9, and 10-year-olds, coaches are like, we got to win, we, who won? And... Whether your team won 2-1 or lost 2 nothing, here that carries a lot of weight. Well, they won. Well, how did they play? Right? Did they play well? Are your players actually getting any better? Well, who cares? They won 2-1. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're champions. So, so we kind of need advanced hacky sack. Yeah, well, really what we're looking at. Yeah, and I think the, but I think the idea is really more just, like, less emphasis on winning, more mm-hmm. emphasis on actually getting better at the lower levels. Now, that feeds into, you know, there are all kinds of then lo- problems at the lower level. How do we get 
our best athletes interested in soccer in the first place? How do we get more kids interested in soccer? Here in America, soccer is a sport that gets played on acres and acres of grass, whereas in other parts of the world, soccer gets played in the streets, uh, with shoes, without shoes, around street corners, on cement, doesn't matter. You find a patch of grass, yeah. you find, what were you, what were you find rocks as goals? Yeah, I mean, we played on rocks and gravels, no <clears throat> shoes for a long time. All of these discussions were percolating in the American soccer system as to w- what do we need to do to sort of catch up to the rest of the world because we know we have good athletes. We, we spend a ton of money on youth sports. I mean, we spend something like 20 to $30 billion a year annually on youth sports. So we know the money and the infrastructure there. We know the talent's there, so why aren't we where we should be? Um, and it was sort of just having these thoughts in the back of my mind and thinking that this was interesting sort of led me to wanting to get in, involved in, call it like youth policy, youth sports policy, um, so I was just digging around, and at the same time, me and Kyle, uh, Senator Senator Gay, were you know we've been friends for a long time, and we were just sort of talking about are there any kind of local initiatives we could get involved with, things we could team up on, and at one point there was sort of an advertisement for USL One. USL One was sort of launching, and they were looking for cities that were more or less Wilmington's fit Wilmington's characteristics mm-hmm. for expansion cities. So we started digging in and, and thinking maybe this could be uh, something interesting. And, you know, tons and tons of research later, we talked to a few different leagues. We examined what it would take to get into each league. And I came across this uh, long series of articles written by the owner of the Stockade FC, Kingston Stockade, which is an MPSL team. Now, his name is Dennis um, Dennis Crowley. He's actually the founder of Foursquare. Oh. So he knows a little something about, uh, yeah, that'll do it. about entrepreneurship and yeah, business. Yeah, and startups. And startups. And he wrote a really excellent, articulate series of articles about starting his club about how to do it, about why he did it, about what it thought it, what he thought it added to American soccer. And I read the articles. I was like, this dude's reading my mind. He's putting on, on paper the words that I already had in my mind. So I just reached out to him on Twitter, being like, hey, man, can we, like, I'd love to talk to you about this. He was like, sure, when are you free? And so I went up to New York. We met for coffee. We talked for a while, and he, I was like, yep, the MPSL is probably the place to be. That's what led us to the MPSL, and then kind of off we went from there. But that was really the – I would say that's the genesis of – how did this project go from being literally nothing to like, you know what, we think we should do this? So there's there's a problem, right? I think everybody in America would agree we had a problem with U.S. soccer at the time. And you just started still thinking. Might. Yeah, <laughs> we still might. Yeah, still definitely do. But you started thinking at the time, like, what could we do to make this a little bit better? That's I think that's yeah. great. I think that's awesome. And then I think, again, uh, it, it was clear that, look, we could have gotten a p- part of the way through our, or part of the way through our research and, and realized that, that maybe Delaware wasn't the right place for this. But we kept seeing signs that it was. And part of it was what you started your question with. There have been other iterations, and the Wizards were pretty successful. And that was back before MLS blew up. It was back before soccer was on TV. It was back before it was back before the U.S. had this big of an appetite for soccer in general. So I think we, in part, relied on the fact that, no, 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 there are, there's good soccer being played here. There are people who like watching good soccer. There are people who come out and watch good soccer. There are people who come out, and specifically in Delaware, who care very much about something being Delaware's. Mm-hmm. I know we got a lot of Union Delaware fans. Delaware kids at uh, Union. Uh, Anthony Fontana, uh, Mark McKenzie. So. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, we tried to get Mark in here the next week. They sold him. Yeah. I was like, are you? Come <laughs> he on, made, he made it, he, He's back in town. Though, he is so. back in town. I got to try to get him in here. Yeah. Yeah. A few of our guys have played with some of those guys. I think um, Alexis might have played with Aronson, Alexis too. Alexis played with, uh, with Fontana. I thought he, one of them trained with Aronson, too, I think. Uh, at some that point. I'm not sure, yeah. So how do you start a, a soccer team during a pandemic? Hmm. Well, we, we started it prior to the pandemic. Good question. <laughs> and then we had to weather the pandemic. I think it, it was almost a, um, 
you could either look at it glass half empty or half full. Uh, you know, we launched in 2019. So we, we, had, we had started talking about all this in like January, February of 2019. We had sort of gotten a lot of the pieces in place by the summer of 2019. We were officially accepted into the league in the late summer, you know, went to our first like sort of NPSL conference owners meeting thing in, in November, and that's when they announced us, right? And so it was four months later. So we, had, we actually had to do a lot of the heavy lifting prior to the pandemic. So, you know, that made it a little bit easier. Once the pandemic hit, though, it was just kind of batten down the hatches and try and conserve, conserve financially, make sure that you, were, that you could hang on to what you had to hang on to. And we, did, we put some programming in, pra- in place to, you know, we, we, we did things to help the community. We were doing, we, me and Chibs were out there doing food drives last summer. We, we had our owners making masks and delivering masks to healthcare workers. We were trying to create some paid jobs for sports writers because the sports industry got crushed. Sports writers got crushed. So we were trying to make sure that we could take care of our – We want, look, we wanted to be a staple in the community and be something that the community could turn to for help and, and, you know, vice versa. So we wanted to make sure that in the pandemic, let's make sure that we're okay. And once, we're, once we know that we're okay, what can we do to kind of support the, the greater First State family, which in our case is people in our, in our local community, people in the sports community, things like that. So we tried to set up a few things like that. We had a webinar with Stephen Constantine, who's yeah. – I think it's the only English coach that has well, coached but in fall – African uh, teams, yeah, and four yeah. countries overseas. Wow. So yeah, pretty well known. Awesome. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah. yeah, we had that. We held that last June. So it was a, a joint webinar with yeah. him and um, a sports psychologist. And we talked to the sports psychologist about how athletes are handling COVID yeah. and what they can do. And we talked to Stephen Constantine about more on the field stuff. But now Stephen has coached. He was he coached the Bournemouth Academy in England. Yeah. He coached um, India's national team for a couple of years. He coached. At Qatar, I'm not be sure, but mm. right around the golf area. Yeah, uh, sure. I think that's where he's pretty much. Uh, and then maybe an a, maybe a, another team in Africa, I think. So he's been a national coach at a, a few yeah. plays, men's national coach at a few different places. So a pretty high level guy for us to, to kind of pull. Um, so we're trying to trying to put on some programming to keep people involved. And again, financially, it was just kind of batting down the hatches and reset. But it did give us an idea. It gave us time to kind of think really sit down and think because once you get going things are are at warp speed Mm -hmm. so it gave us time to you know have a good long think about how we were going to be set up logistically going forward it gave us time to do a little bit more like branding it gave us a little bit more time to to do some some research on fans that we were going to target and there's some really interesting data out there coming from other countries about why do fans engage with lower level soccer um, and, the, you know, that's broken down into fan profiles, and there are six types of people that, and all that stuff. Is that, that was stuff that we didn't have the time to do before, but we had more time to do during the pandemic. So, look, we, it's not like we could just spend 30 hours a week doing this during the pandemic because we all still had lives and jobs and kids and all that stuff. But it gave us more time to sit back and plan, which for any startup, like, planning is really, really, really important. Sure. And you don't always have a lot of time to do it. So... While it stunk that we didn't get to be out in front of our fans when we wanted to, and while it stunk that we probably lost out on some players that we might have otherwise had for that year, um, we were able to derive some positives out of it. When's your next game? This Saturday. We have two more home games. we got a home game this Saturday against uh, Torch FC. This Saturday, mm-hmm. June? 26th. 26th. Yep, yes. 6 p.m. And then last home game of the season, and potentially last game of the season, is home against Scranton, Electric City Shock, July 3rd. Saturday, July 3rd, also at 6 p.m. So it came Abyssinio Stadium. Abyssinio Stadium. So come out last game, July 3rd. Yep. And both teams kind of sitting right with you guys in the standings. They are. I mean, look, we really, if we're transitioning to on-the-field stuff, we shot ourselves in the foot with, uh, honestly, the two Monmouth games. We were, 
because uh, Monmouth is a team we're chasing. Mm-hmm. They're in fourth place. They came here on uh, May 26th. That was and, the first uh, game. Second game. No. Second game. We played Atlantic City first game, uh, and they beat us, and we deserved a loss in that game. Yeah. We come out in the Monmouth game, and we are just attacking. We're, we're creating a ton of chances. Oh, uh, in the rain. We score the yeah. breakthrough mm-hmm. goal. And then you know, we have a couple, a couple kind of bonehead mistakes that lead them to two quick goals. And I think I went back and watched the, the tape on this. It was about 45 seconds yeah. later yeah. after they scored their, their go-ahead goal that lightning strikes in the game. It was in the same the minute. It was. It was in the yeah. same minute of the game. It was like the 60th game. minute. Yeah. Yep. So, I and think that, right when they scored, we passed the ball and then lightning. Yeah. 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 Yep. And, then we, and then it kept lightninging and we never, we never came back from it. Yeah. And then we go to Monmouth a few weeks later and we go up 4 nothing in the first half. Right. Yep. And then uh, we, one of our players gets two yellows quickly in the second half. Yep, we had to uh, sub out our two best guys, uh, center back, and then our winger because of injuries. Then we brought on, uh, you know, some replacement. One got sent off right away uh, on a red card, so we had to play out to about 30 minutes of the second half with the men down. It was more. Um, yeah, it was more. Yeah. And yeah. it was like four-two in the 90th minute. Correct. It was four-two yeah. in the 90th minute, and we had a goal ruled a, out in inc- incorrectly yeah. for mm-hmm. offsides. It would have made it five-two. I'm shocked. <laughs> I've been to the home games. I'm shocked that the refs made a bad call. Um, anyway, the, the, the point is, yeah. we 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 could have won that first Monmouth game. We could have won the second Monmouth game, yeah. and um, and that's the team we're chasing, right? And right. so right there, we really, we really um, those those are the games that I think we're probably going to re- regret the most come the end of the year. I just want to put it on the record that that second yellow on Saturday was the softest second yellow I think I've ever seen in my life. That was ridiculous. <laughs> it was, uh, but, but it, again. Uh, I, I, maybe you're right, but if you sit in on a yellow, you don't do right. stuff like that. Right, you, you don't know? go knock so knees. For me, with yeah, it, uh, it, sometimes players got to take uh, responsibility on this. You know, you got to be aware of uh, what's going on in the pitch and all that. So you don't go into a, a tackle like that if you already have a yellow. Don't give the referees, you know, any reason to, to do that. So. Well, you guys did a fantastic job holding that game until, yeah. what, the last five minutes? The last, I mean, no, no, last 90 minutes. Minute. Yeah, yeah, it was na- late. Minute. Yeah, it, uh, and again, look, uh, I give uh, the boys a lot of credit, you know, having to play a very good AC side. Um, Motown. For that, uh, sorry, Motown. Um, for that, you know, longer time. Um, obviously, I, I, you know, find out minutes here, you know, Fatigue starts kicking in, mental fatigue, physical fatigue, and then you start making you know, a lot of mistakes like that. Um, so you could say, look, we, we did the best we could, but um, we really should have gotten ourselves in that position in the first place. Mm. And and John Luca was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Our goalkeeper. He, he was oh, my God. He between, was, uh, yeah. was excellent. I was losing, you know, 3-1. Yeah, it's just some one, acrobatic yeah. saves. Yeah. That one that he yeah. leapt and tipped over the crossbar. Yeah. I have no yeah. idea. It was a rocket. It was a volley from close range, actually. Yeah, yeah. He, he saved us. I think he was our MVP for sure. Oh, for sure. And yeah, he man made some fantastic saves at, against AC, away at AC. That AC yeah. game could have been uglier than it was. Mm-hmm. Um but for some of his saves. So he's he's been really good our, the last two weeks. Yeah. And I mean, I'll say, too, from a fan perspective, there's been improvement every week. I mean, we were at the first game against AC, AC and it yeah. was it was rough, but it, but I was surprised to see, at least when it first opened, you know, you could tell it was the first game. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. People were yeah. finding their feet. They're finding the stadium. Exactly. I think we had more corner kicks. Yeah, Matt, I, I was Matt, thinking Salas. Yeah. Matt was watching the goal game 
and he was he was judging the win on number of corners. Okay, I was with, with doing what I could. To which support. was which was uh, I think at the time some, that's one of the stats they keep on the scoreboard. Yes, so that's right. Yes. that's the, right. That's actually true because we created more. That's right. Than AC did. Yeah, like so. you're talking. I'm not just talking win loss. I want to see beautiful right. soccer. Yeah. Corner yeah. kicks yeah. is one yeah. metric. They so. they do count every shot whether it's on goal or not on that scoreboard as a shot on goal. I, that I, was fun. I think because they only have SOG yes. up there, so they yes. don't have like a, you know. We we were yeah. we were watching for a while and we're like. We really had twelve shots on goal, and then we watched one go like a good ten feet over the crossbar, 13. and it went up. And I was like, "Oh, it's just any time a ball goes near the end line, they're calling that a shot." Okay. Yeah. Well, and it also has to be said regarding progress over the year. Number one, yes, and I'll say that Chibza told me privately before the season started, it's going to take five or six games for mm-hmm. this team to gel. Yeah. And Chibza, you you've said before that doesn't yeah. matter what team it is; it's always yeah. five or six games. It right? is, especially being a new game. I mean, new club, new team, new players. Um, we still had guys coming in uh, mm. during that first week of our game um, due to you know, late school and all that. Um, so really, we walked into that game with nothing. You know, it was sure. little preparation. And uh, some way, I'd say that was a good game for us because, again, AC was one of the toughest teams uh, in the league. So we really got a taste of what the level of play in the MPSL looks like. They're um, also particularly physical. They are. They, like, they they are. Even as far as like... The Keystone Conference is, regard, is regarded as a very tough yeah. conference in the MPSL. Yeah. Within the Keystone Conference, Atlantic City is a very physical team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I can't repeat what the halftime talk was <laughs> at, uh, after that first half when we were down 3 nothing. But it, there, there were a number of comments about men versus boys. Mm, and it's okay. not from a talent perspective. It's because yeah. we came out and got punched in the mouth yeah. by a team that was organized, very aggressive, very physical. And uh, we may, you know... Some talent or not, yeah. yeah, yeah no, uh, talent, well, I'd say we, we had the best talent on the field, um, but physically we, we lost that battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could tell you know, our boys are young and experienced. Um, so as I mentioned, that game really taught us a lot that you know, regardless of the talent we have on the pitch, we also have to be mindful of the physical side of it. And we've come to realize that the Keystone Conference is more of a physical league than you know, I would say more technical or tactical. So. We adapted to that, and you could tell the improvement has been on games that we've been able to match boot to boot with our opponents. We've done very well. For sure. Yeah. You started by talking about MPSL and mm-hmm. soccer's development, right? The Belgian model and mm-hmm. things like that. So if you excel at First State FC, where, where do you go next? Where do you graduate to? That's a, that's a good question. Good question. <laughs> um, so look, the, we, we know that in the MPSL, you know, these stats were true two drafts ago. I don't have the numbers from the most recent MLS super draft, but something like 20 to 30-ish players from the MPSL were taken in the MLS Super Draft a couple drafts ago. So there are eyes on, there are eyes on this league. Um, I think the MLS, you know, you're, are you going to get picked to, are you going to get picked by, by Arsenal or one of those teams? Probably, maybe not. But you have, but a, shot, you have a shot at excelling first state and being at the union. In yeah, the abs- absolutely. And, and yeah. if for no other reason than coaches talk, Mm-hmm. And coaches talk to each other, and our coach, our assistant coach Justin, works with the union. Yeah, in the academy. Don't tell him our good players. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. We want, we want to beat the. The goal here is to beat yeah, the union. Grabbed one right they after took, game uh, one. Right. <laughs> they took our first game. Our best central defender yeah. ended up going, in, and now he's training with uh, Union Two. Wow. So we lost. Oh, wow. You know, and, and yeah. central defense was a problem for us. Dude, can we pick season. one of theirs too? Well, right, it's <laughs> some kind of swap deal. But we took one of the veterans for sure. Do you get jokes aside? Do you get compensated for that? No, because because these guys are not on pro contracts, gotcha. right? Because a lot of them are NCAA players, and uh, you can't even mix. So obviously the NCAA players can't get paid, 
you know, there was that ruling came out the other day, but that wasn't even about compensation as much as just like you can give them more more food and yeah. board. You can't even mix paid and college oh, really? on the same roster. So because we're so heavily reliant on NCAA talent, right, almost mm-hmm. everyone we have is rostered on a D1 or D2 school. 85%, yeah. Yeah. Um, because we're so heavily reliant on NCAA talent, we couldn't bring in professionals if we, if we even wanted to because that would violate their college eligibility for the NCAA players. Hmm. would be fine for the people we paid. Sure. would not be fine for all the other guys. So until they change that, you're kind of stuck choosing either or. Interesting. Chips, yeah. you said 85% yeah. are rolling in college? And yep. where do the other 15% come from? An- another way to ask the question is where do I try out? Yeah. <laughs> we have exactly. open tryouts. We have open tryouts. tryouts. We have uh, open tryouts. Yeah, we had about six, eight guys that we picked from a yeah. so we, uh, open tryouts. You've already got a keeper, though. You don't want to throw him in. Over <laughs> we, have, we have <laughs> Those of you who are stars back in sixth, seventh grade, there is, we, we, there is a future for you here, right here in first we, grade. We, we had two rounds of open trials, right? We had one yeah. right before the pandemic seat. So we had one in... Well, we had one in January of 2020. We had one in, in March, February of 2020. February, yeah. And then we had one this past March. And yep. who did we, we took a couple of kids from last year that, that stayed they, on. Yeah, Matthias. Yeah. Maybe, maybe from last Nick year. Has, Nick yeah, Hess. Nick Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Saul was also there. Um, and these are kids that... one and these are yeah, kids that... Yeah, these kids just showed up. Grew up in, in, in Wilmington. And, 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 and we didn't... Delaware, yeah. Right, and then this year we took two two or three or four more. So yes. I think at one point, like to open our season, it was something like 26, 27% of our roster was comprised of people who had just shown up wow. at the open trial, which oh, is kind of cool. Like, this is a, like Vince Papali, that, that movie, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The Eagles guy, <laughs> right? right? The, you could yeah. be sitting at a bar right now, listen to this, you can come out, try out, and then Seriously. another year or two you'll be on the Union and maybe Arsenal. Yeah. And right? r- r- there's, I, there's r- a chance. Ramel's Ramel's like the yeah. best example of it. I mean, he showed up at this most recent tryout, mm-hmm. and he didn't he didn't come out last year. He came out this year, and a few of us on the sidelines were like, "Huh." And then and then we had some some of our Wilmington guys, who guys are on the squad already, who are first eight players, were were helping out with that tryout, playing, kicking around. Came over to us on the sideline, was like, "You see this guy on the side here? He might have something." <laughs> so we brought him back for the, like uh, our first week of training was like <clears throat> open training. Let's bring a few guys, see if they'll pan out, and. He was impressive. Yep. How, then, y- how young can you go? Can high schoolers go? Technically, yes. yes. We, we've been keeping it at 18. Uh, technically, the league will allow sub-18 with parental mm-hmm. consent. And, you know, like you Freddie jump, do. Jump, right, jump through a few hoops. We have set it at 18 for now. But the league does allow lower than, lower than 18. It's just yeah. more difficult. Sure. Because you'd have to be local, right? You'd right. absolutely have to be local right. in order to, to make it work. And you'd be you'd, uh, who knows how it would work out with your school season and you know there there are other complicating factors there. Well, the union the union have two, don't they? It, Aronson's brother Paxton. Uh, I was somebody else cuz like they, they tweeted a photo of him when he graduated from high school like well, they've uh, they've more than two actually. Uh Jack McGillen just graduated. That's it, yeah. Paxton just graduated. Uh, he's, I think no he's even graduated yet. Yeah. So they do it's their policies, their philosophy sure. that every year they can uh, graduate two or three kids from the academy into the first team. Which is, I mean, that's a European model, right? I mean, look at the yeah. number, especially in Germany, the number of teenage players, 18, 19 yeah. year olds that are making first team squads. Very true. You know, that's a huge investment there. And our uh, eyes are, are good as well. So um, depending on, you know, the club and their philosophy, and unions decided to go with that. So for them, they, they just look at the young kids, give them an opportunity, invest in them, and then hopefully they become the next Mark McKenzie's or 
you don't know. Uh, Brandon Aronson's um, in the world here. Yeah. So for sure. for them, yeah. Do, do, I think that kind of looks like it's a bit of a split in, at least in the MLS right now. You get the union mm-hmm. who have kind of spurned the super draft. They go very mm-hmm. heavily into the academy. And then you have some teams that are there to, to make a pick every year. Yeah. Do you think one philosophy is going to kind of hmm. take hold over the other as things go on? I mean, one is certainly more European. Again, I think it's there's no right or wrong. I think it's more of the the investment. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have the money to spend on top European players that you can bring them in, go for it. You know, if you just want to give kids opportunity, um, you know, grow them, nurture them until they get into the first team. That's that's your philosophy as well. But either or, you also have to be mindful of, of the fans. Like, for instance, Union were criticized for a long time because they won nothing. But again, for them, it wasn't so much of you know bringing in the top talent and winning, but also giving kids the opportunity that are coming from the academy to grow and become you know the Mark McKenzie's or, or the Pakistan's. So for sure. finally, they, they, they won something last year, the Community Shield. I'm sorry, the, the Supporter Shield. Yeah, I knew what you meant. Um, <laughs> I knew what you meant. Yeah, so now, again, fans are beginning to kind of believe in their model a bit and say, look, you know, if you give them time and patience, uh, it works. So for I sure. don't think there's right or wrong. It's more of um, you know, what you believe in and what your philosophy is. I do think, though, that just like anything else, once, if we start seeing, if the unions start winning titles, by the way, then we're going to see copycats. Because mm-hmm. people are just going to be like, well, that must be what works. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in professional sports, you want what works. Yeah. And I think that these, I think if we see that this, my personal opinion, and he's way, Chip is way more connected into this than I am, so this is just an outsider's opinion, mm-hmm. really. I think that if we see this academy model have some real success here in Philly, and I think there are a couple other clubs that are doing it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, right. There's a Dallas, couple, but Dallas not, is right, the other one, one that's te- like yeah. the big yeah. right. academy. I think if team. we see success there, I I think personally it's going to expand. And if number one, I think it's going to cannibalize NCAA soccer. Sure. Yeah. And, and number two, I think and so there's an argument to be had about like, well, where is society putting its value? Like, do we want to be pulling these kids out of an education just so they can play sports? And I think it's a fair question. And uh, you know that was one of the things that like Jurgen. When he took over yep. in like in what is it 2011 or 2012 like right he was yeah. there was a big conversation about that and I don't think U.S. was ready for what he wanted at that point yep. in time yep. but now the union I think are starting to bridge that gap if I'm not mistaken they've partnered or are going to, or something with like a a college that lets them do virtual yep. stuff mm. so, so that's they one can, thing that came out of uh, COVID. the pandemic actually you know, really people. Okay have come to the realization now that you can actually get a degree online without having going to college. Right. And it's way more cheaper than going to college. Um, so now I think what you begin to see is a lot of these kids with the potential would offer to take online classes and then still continue playing all year round mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to going to college or NCAA program where you only play three, three and a half months in a season, and then the rest you're just home, you know, doing nothing, which really doesn't contribute to the player development. And I don't know if you mentioned, if you are following just last week, uh, MLS just announced a reserve league now that's coming up next year. Right. So now what you're going to begin seeing is kids that are graduating in 18, 19, have the potential to still play in the Union Academy mm-hmm. or in their reserve league and still get their uh, degree online. So all the top talent that would go to uh, NCAA programs would now be playing in those leagues now. This is like a USL2 or something like no, that? No, it, it's more of a reserve league. So okay. 
but, but it's gonna it's a it's gonna be a D three. Yeah, it's okay. gonna be a D three. Yeah. So it's gonna be on it's gonna be USL one NISA yeah. level. That's okay. what my, my understanding. Yeah. And they're all going to the same university, the same online university, or they can go to whatever MLS school they want. MLS partnered with uh, forget the name of the online. I think. Um, yeah. So it's interesting because traditionally yeah. you got to choose between school or, or going pro, and this is a way right. to do a little yeah. bit of both. Yeah. So well, now they can they can still uh, continue to play all year round yeah, and right. still get their degree online. And this is how the academies, like in other, like the academies in in England, right? They yeah. they give the kids real education from you know twelve up till like sixteen, right. seventeen, eight. Like right. it's 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 actually I, I'm not going to vouch for the quality, but it's it's not an afterthought. It's re- you're actually in school mm-hmm. during the days, and then yep. you're doing your training too. Well, basically, the model over here is just like, well, let's throw college on top of that. Mm-hmm. Let's keep that in place and then just add another layer of online yeah. college. So I, I could see, number one, you know, without branching too far into the, the Supreme Court's decision, but I could see the combination of that and then having these the academies, league, yeah. having, having the Reserve League, having the, on, having the teams have um, deals with online colleges. I could see NCAA soccer very quickly getting Going cannibalized. Down. Yeah. By by some of the some of these these actions, sure. which which just brings it in line, uh, just brings our soccer more in line with the rest of the world, right? Right, right, exactly. Well, you know, well, if you're 21, right, are you going to be playing for Maryland or are you going to be playing for DC United? Right, if you have that ability, right, are you going to pass yeah. on an academy with a direct line to a club, or are you going to hope that you wind up in the Super Draft? Right, and and if you're 21. <clears throat> You know, there, there are stages of player development, yeah. right? And, develop, quote, development ends yeah. at, what, 17? And then when you're 18... Now that's what you're saying, yeah. So yeah. you're 18, 18 you're supposed 19. to be... A, you're supposed yeah. to be basically a finished product mm-hmm. yeah. by the time you're 18 or 19. So if you're 21, that's everywhere else in the world... There. The good players everywhere else in the world are, like, established first-team players somewhere yeah. by the time they're 21. Yeah. And then you've got a guy like Andre Blake, who, you know, I mean, it had, had the union not drafted him out of UConn, what would have happened? And now he's probably the arguably the best keeper in the MLS. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, so. I, agree. I agree. Yeah, there's a unique connection with First State FC and the country of Ghana. It seems oh, yeah. there are quite a few good <laughs> players. Chibs, can you talk a little bit about your? You're a kid, as I understand, from Accra, right? Yeah. Grew up in the capital of Ghana. Yeah. Somehow, you know, by the grace of the Lord, you ended up with us here in Delaware. Ended up the first coach yeah. of our pro soccer team. Can you talk a little bit about your journey and how that's connected uh, our, our our team to to your home country? Yeah, and again, you, you said it right on. You know, I was grew up in Ghana. That's why you know I played a game on the streets. Uh, I got fortunate. Um, got scouted by Ian Hennessy, who's my boss at UD, to give me a full scholarship to come here and play. He, he and, found and you in Ghana. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Uh, again, we a privileged uh, program. Um, we have the budget to travel around and, and bring in kids. Uh, we do have some few kids in uh, from Ghana actually in, in the UD program um, that I found. Um, so I, g- I got given the uh, opportunity, and uh, I came in. I had no clue where Delaware was, to be fair. Um, but the fact well, that... In <laughs> fairness, a lot of Delawareans have no clue where Ghana <laughs> is. Uh, well, and there are people in the yeah. U.S. who don't know where Delaware is. So, <laughs> so I came in, and uh, Delaware has been home um, to me. The university has been great. I got my education. I graduated in 2011. Right after that, I was still you know, looking for something to do. I still wanted to play, so... I uh, took a trip to Sweden for about six to eight months to trying to see if I could get a professional contract there. That didn't happen, so I came back into the U.S. and then I started an IT job. After a year, I realized, look, this is not where I belong. I need to find something in the field. So I volunteered some time back at UD for about maybe a year, and then uh, luckily enough, there was a second assistant position open up, and then Ian offered me the job. Uh, I took it, and that's how I, I kind of started my, my coaching career. 
and it's been it's been great. I've enjoyed it to be fair. And uh, 2019, and Dave and I connected through Ian again. Mm -hmm. We talked about the project uh, at first date. We knew there was a market for that. Uh, having involved in in a youth game in Delaware as well for a long time, we we, we realized look, this is something we can do. We can bring in fans. We can offer. Uh, Kids the opportunity to still continue to play even with the off season in college, um, and contribute more to to the community. So uh, we spoke, we put plans together, and here we are. Uh, we've had our first season. And you've got a bit of an advantage too. I mean, being able to bring college kids into this league and having that experience yeah. on a college team. Yeah. I mean, you've got your own guys that you get to see every day, but then you're playing in the CAA where you get to see other teams up and down in the area. That's correct. Unfortunately, we can't use guys from Delaware because I'm a staff due to the NCAA rules. But again, that really gives me the experience dealing with college kids and, and how that translates into the first state program and what we do here. So that really did help. Of course, you know, you know connecting with other coaches also helps in recruiting and trying to bring in guys all across the country into our program. Yeah. So it's been really, uh, I would say, a good journey so far. And we've enjoyed the experience, to be fair. For sure. For yeah. sure. So w with two games left from this this point, two mm -hmm. home games, mm -hmm. how do, how do playoffs work in the MPSL, and what are what are the what needs to happen? How do the chips need to fall? So uh, this last the Motown game hurt hurt big, yeah. right? We had we really had to take points from either AC our away trip or from the Motown game. We had to take one or three points, um, really three. We needed to win one of them, and we didn't. So we, yeah. if we're being if, if you were going to bet, like we got a real long shot, but. Top four teams in the conference make it, right? So we got to catch number four. Right now, number four is Monmouth. They're sitting five points ahead of us. We have six game. We have six points outstanding, right? So you can do the math. They got to lose out. They have three games left. One against a team that hasn't won a game yet. Hershey. Hershey. First win in club history was at Hershey after going behind two nothing in the first half. Oh, uh, and you won. You won three two. Won three yeah. two. Okay. Uh, uh, to be fair, that game really kick started. Are good performances. Yeah, because every that was really the moment, right? It was. It felt like on the sheet. That was the moment, and uh, you know. and again, to be fair, though, we had a tough start. I think we we played three games in what ten day, uh, ten days uh, for us opening games. Uh, well, it was it was, the, it was actually games two, three, four, five all came yeah. in eleven days. Wow, yeah. and Hershey those were against the, the the top teams. AC, in the yeah, league, right. Yeah. So we start with AC, then we go Motown. Yeah, Motown away, Monmouth at home. Um, then Hershey. Then Hershey. Yeah. And then Monmouth. Uh, yeah, Monmouth. And then Monmouth, and then Monmouth away. away. Yeah. And then Motown home. Yeah. So that's a tough run. But the Hershey game really was a turning point in terms of, look, we go, we go out and get punched in the mouth in AC, even though uh, in our first home game, even though second half we really played better, right? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Second half. Mm -hmm. Then we go out, and the score line doesn't tell the story of our trip to Motown, right? 7-1. But yeah. in reality, it was 3-1 in the yeah. 75th minute, and Benasane hit the post, which would have made it 3-2. And then sort of our we – we had some – Collapsed. We had, we had some defenders go rogue, which, uh, <laughs> which, 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 which uh, number one, they're not part of the club anymore. And number, and, and number two, the last 10 minutes, the floodgates were just yeah. open, right? Mm -hmm. we, and look, second game of the season, defen the, our defensive shape had been a problem. Defensive personnel had been a problem. So we were still sorting out what we were going to do at the back. And and then you know we just in the in that last the second half of that game we lacked some discipline, personal discipline uh, in the back and so seven one is is not really what what the score was, but even so that's tough. Yeah, you come back, and it's uh, Monmouth at home and it's the rain game. Yeah, right. Th that was the game I think 
like you mentioned earlier on in the, on the pod, we, it was it was for us in that game. Which I think we, we started good. We had our first. Uh, we scored first. Gee, Gee scored um, first. And yeah. the, and the comments in the stands were, well, this is a different team. I mean, yeah. there was a because yeah, yeah. you know we hadn't seen them right. for two weeks, and just the general like everybody kind of looked around and was like, this feels different. Yeah. You could tell that a switch had flipped. Yeah. And I'll tell you what was different. Yeah. A couple of things that were different since last time that you guys had seen them at home. Our, our center forward, Ben Asane, right? The the big, tall yeah. Senegal kid Get from play Long in Island. The first game, he didn't play yeah. in the first He wasn't here yet he wasn't for the here, first yeah. game. Guillermo. Wasn't here. Wasn't here. Our the Brazilian. Wasn't Yushi wasn't there for that game either. Yeah. Yushi wasn't for, there for, for Monmouth Home. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And then Keith as well. Yeah, Keith wasn't. So we, we had three very important players not yeah. there. So that that's that. That changes. That uh, changes it, and then obviously having more time to work on the on the field changes. <coughs> for sure, we had changed our defensive shape by that point. Yeah. By the time we came home for that, we were playing four at the back and not and not three center backs. Yeah. Um, and so we were moving things around. Toomey has been yeah. really really good for us at left back. He's not a left back. He's no. a winger. He's no. a winger outside midfielder, and he's played left back. And to be fair, been excellent. Yeah, he's been great. Uh, Hunter the same, not a right back, uh, but we tried and, and convinced him to to do the job for us. Uh, we also moved Squire, who was one of our midfielders, back into a, a centre-back position because Julian had left to the union. Um, and again, we all, these are guys, no, good guys. We, we managed to convince them to, to help us in, in those positions. And they've been, to be fair, they've been, they've been very good considering the fact that they've never played in those positions before. So we had to work with them individually to make sure that they're up to speed. And it's been, it's been good. Right, uh, so, so basically our, our grand plan after shipping seven goals was Let's take three non-defenders and put them on our back line. Yeah. And then since then, our defensive performances have gotten really a lot better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. bold strategy, and it paid bold off. St- <laughs> bold strategy. But yeah, so then by but then that Monmouth game, and yeah. then <clears throat> after that is the Hershey game. Yeah. And we go out there sort of really, really reeling from the result against Monmouth, but knowing that the performance is there, that we can put in that type of performance. We can create chances up and down the field, all, you know, we can we can be more solid at the back. We can create chances. We just have to limit mistakes. We have to yep. limit mis- we have turnovers in the uh, not quite defensive third, really right in the middle. In the middle, middle third, third. Yeah. you have yeah, to yeah. limit the tra- and then play good transition defense, which has been our kind of bugaboo all year. Yeah. We started to realize we can put this whole thing together. So then it was at the Hershey game, after we gave up the two early goals, yeah. the next sixty minutes were was much more like it. Yeah. Then we come out we finished up the game, and again uh, going back. To the first game again, I thought even though we were still struggling, we were still able to create more chances. Um, and we were still creating more after that. So we had a problem with finishing uh, from the beginning as well, although we still do. Um, but it's gotten better in terms of uh, the chance conversion. Yeah. So overall, uh, as you mentioned, it's been you know progression every every game after game. Yeah. So which I've been very very impressive with. I would say you know wa- getting to watch the games at home. You know the wing play has been fantastic. I mean, you guys work the ball yeah. through the outside, back in the middle, as as good as I mean any club yeah. that I I can say watching. And you've got a lot of speed on the outside too. We do, we do, and I think uh, teams are beginning to know that we are very strong in the middle of uh, uh, of our system. Um, so again, teams are beginning to sit deep and and compact. So now we got to find other ways of penetrating into the final third, and we. Lucky enough, we have very fast wingers, both Hakim and, and Guy, not just fast, but also intelligent and, and good on the ball. Um, so they give us that uh, you know, option as well to, to break lines and, and get into the final third year. So um, our front, or I would say our attacking line, they've been very great um, in terms of you know, creating chances and, and breaking into that final third. 
um, we've lacked that finish in that final product though. So place where we've hurt the most is, is the back. That, mm-hmm. And again, that's where we haven't been really good. Um, but even besides that, we are still able to kind of you know play through a third and, and penetrate and, and create chances. So overall, first year, I would say it's been, it's been very good. And I would also say that we really, so you go back to the 7-1 loss at Motown, we got carved. We got carved up playing through our back line. Exactly the, 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 what we were worried about going into that game was like what happens when our wingbacks get caught out of position yep. and they're going to, they, they had a pretty creative number 10 and he was going to facilitate. And so if we turned it over in the middle of the field, he was going to turn and play a pass forward. And he did that a lot. Since then, a lot of our problems have been coming just off like set pieces, loose balls in the bottom. You were at the game, right? Loose, a corner kick. We won the first ball. We won the first ball with the header. It fell to their feet, and we couldn't close down fast enough, and they, and they pounced on it. Second goal, same, same kind of thing. Yeah. It was either off a throw-in or... Um, it was off a throw-in. Yeah. Off a throw-in. Again, that's just... Uh, this is where you suffer when you convert midfielders into defenders. They just don't have that natural instinct of defending. Step up, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we've suffered a bit from, from that as well. Um, and again, you can't blame them too much. Um, sometimes they forget their defenders. They've been played in, in midfield their, their whole life. So, you know, we, we, we did suffer a little bit in from, from, from that aspect. And I think the goal that you guys had was a, was a pickoff at the back too, right? Uh, Hakeem, I think it was... Yeah. A, uh, Hakeem. From this area? Yeah. Yep, yep. Hakeem... Uh, he muscled the guy off yeah, the ball. He did. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I don't yeah. remember what the ball was, how the ball ended up there. Was it played back or was it a... No, it was a, I'd say, principles and concepts. Yeah, is whenever we see a pass played backwards to a defender, it's a cue for us to press right away. Um, horizontal passes or passes going backwards, those are cues for us to jump on it and and, uh, and press high collectively as a group, So, which is what Akim did. Pass got played back to the center back. Again, I think it was too casual on the ball, but Akim having to follow up and press high, out-muscle them, and, you know. It wasn't, a long, it wasn't a long ball from us? No, no, yeah, because I can remember the the pass back, and then he muscled him, and then the the yeah. keeper came out, and he worked around the keeper exactly. to get it. I mean, it was a great series yeah. of, of exactly. heady movements. And yeah. then the defender still almost saved it off the line, right? <laughs> it, took, it took like a, a deflection yeah. because, of course, because, right. because of course, because because that's e- the luck, right? Even yeah. when the goalie's out of the goal, it's still diff- it's we still make it difficult on ourselves. Yeah. But yeah. but I mean, that was a good individual goal, and that really, I will say though, that that set off on the field. If it wasn't obvious, there was a lot of. Mental warfare between the sidelines and the referees and oh, the players, yes. and it was that I think really set them off because they were upset at Hakeem for the first fifteen minutes. Yeah. They ta- they talked him into that the yellow card. He wasn't going to give me yellow card. Oh oh, everyone right? in the stands saw that for yeah. sure. So yeah. there was a lot. No, at, at, uh, on the first call he wasn't going to, and then yeah. I think I had a, a fan screaming from from. Uh, it, oh, he's directly behind me. Let me yeah. tell you, because it, <laughs> it was every it wasn't a fan. every who was it. It was one of the AC owners. Yeah, I agree because it's not AC. It was one of the Motown, Motown owners. He was, uh, he was decked out. In the box. He was uh, completely okay. decked out, and you could hear him behind yeah. us. We were, you know, we're season ticket holders. We're sitting there. He just, every time there was contact, that's an automatic yellow. Yeah. that's a yellow. He, that's a yellow. So he, we started making fun of him. He, yeah, I, I could hear that. Yeah. He was sitting up in like the kind of like reserved section up top. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was every. Yeah, I, I could hear him. Yeah, I don't know why he wasn't on the field. It was awful, but. And then he had their bench following up. Yeah, yeah. well, that's why it wasn't just a fan. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. actually part of their staff. When when yeah, it is, it, uh, when the keeper our, our keeper got he I must have had a piece of turf or something. Got it. It was the, the eye, rubber. Right? It rubber. was a piece of the yeah. rubber from the. He's turf. yelling. He's got to come off. 
And then members of the bench start, yeah, he's got to come off. He's got to, I'm like, the keeper never has to come <laughs> off when he's injured. In what, war- you own this team. What's yeah. wrong with you? Okay, I'm, I'm sure he knew he was just, you know, trying to get into the years of the referee. Sometimes, yeah. man, and owners, uh, we, we kind of, you know, f- trying to find our way and, and, and get our way through here. So I think he was just trying to, you know, influence yeah. the referee. And you heard the, their, their coach, as soon as they scored, he yells at the referee, we don't want the stoppage time anymore. Because he, he was on the ref. The whole, he was joking, right? Yeah. But he had yeah. been on the ref. Hey, you're getting the stoppage time. You're getting the stoppage time. They needed the three points. They yeah. didn't want sure. one point. Sure, sure. Uh, so, but as soon as they scored, we don't want the stoppage time anymore. It's yeah, like, I'll tell you, everyone in, the, everyone in the stands could see it. But we, yeah. all, we were all very like, are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, look, that's part of the fun of the atmosphere. Like, but that intensity is fun and it's what you, you enjoy that in a sporting yeah. event right yeah, you want that sure. type of intensity yeah. you want the fans to be into it you want the people on the sidelines to be into it you want it to mean something yeah. um, you'd like to come out on the other end of it it was an intense game it for was. 90 minutes and to be fair, look the, the fans were great even even for us yeah uh, I think uh, when we went down a goal they still kept pushing and, and we drew some uh, some energy from them so uh, that was it was good to see them I think it was Probably the best, uh, you know. I think numbers we've uh, seen in the home game. A- right? AC was. I think the opening was still a little bit more, but I mean, I think, I think the atmosphere is building. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because the I, ones that are coming back, we're all pretty hyped. Right. I think that I think the atmosphere is building. We're starting to get more youth systems into it. You saw Concord FC was there, right? Mm-hmm. Where eventually we're going to work our way towards not just having ball boys and ball girls, not just having people play on the field, at, kids have play on the field at half, but like your more traditional mascots that walk out with the teams sure right so you're yeah. 11 on each or and that's going to build the atmosphere it's going to be more people that are really excited and again like I, t- I told you before we stepped in here turning around and seeing the, the little kid wearing our uniform like genuinely moved me to tears because he's clearly into it and that's the that's the point we want kids to be in love with this to be in love with the sport we want kids to be in love with our team we want kids to think that this is the coolest thing that they could be doing on a Saturday night. That's where I want to be on a Saturday night. And that kid was, in that moment, that kid was into it. Well, and especially because you could only get those jerseys for about five minutes before he had put it on, right? Like, they were on the website for, like, two days before the game, and we then you add, get them we, at the we, game. We added more inventory. We yeah. ended up adding more inventory. They sold quick the first round. They did. Part of that was, we, I think, maybe we hadn't put everything up that we had. Um, but then, even so, we got a few, bi- we got a, b- a few big orders come through. And then we sold jerseys at the games. I mean, it's for yeah. I, I had to. I'm not, I'm obviously biased, but they're hot. Like that you, that jersey is <laughs> I'm hot. I'm wearing it right and now. <laughs> Nick at the barn. Nick, uh, the barn creative is an agency here in Wilmington. Uh, Nick Matteris is their owner and kind of principal creator. He worked with us to develop this brand. We we sat and we sat. He and I sat in a room for like probably a combined total of like six hours. Mm. And we had a whiteboard. I saw the picture somewhere. We had a whiteboard full of ideas. What are we going to call this team? What are, what are our colors going to be? What is it going to stand for? What's the history of Delo? I mean, we really worked it. And then he gave us like a bunch of jersey ideas. He gave us a bunch of uh, logo ideas, a bunch of jersey ideas. And finally, we honed in on these. And I mean, his work is just, it's just excellent. He's just, yeah. he's the man. He, he's the man. His agency's awesome. Like, I would recommend them to anyone. Other owners apparently tell people who ask him, how do you start a team? And they're like, well, first thing, check out First Aid's branding yeah. and then find the guy who did it. Oh, yeah, because yeah, you guys have nailed the branding. It's <laughs> um, fantastic. Yeah, and yeah. Nick, and Nick, the Barn Creative is a big part of that. And he, do, he, he did a lot, they did a lot of work with um, NHL on NBC. He's done work with the EPL on NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done work with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, who are, th- like, a little, a little agency in Wilmington, it's like a, th- a small agency in Wilmington, Delaware, doing all these big, awesome sports branding things. I mean, the luck that we had was just, it, me Googling, Sports branding, <laughs> Wilmington, and it's and it's Barn Creative downtown, 
and I look at it, I'm like, geez, look at look at all the work this guy's done. That's just good SEO right there. Well, it is, yeah, yeah, number one, yes, yeah. I, absolutely. They had to, but it's probably also one of the only ones in Wilmington. Sure. So like, just the the sometimes I think about the dumb luck that we've had in uh, in finding and being able to pull this all together. Yeah. Um, I was given two names by Ian Hennessy, him Chibza, and 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 one other guy. And Chibza is the first one I met. We met at a brouhaha in Newark. Yeah. And before I, I, his back was to me as I walked out to where we were sitting, and the first thing I saw was that uh, his Arsenal. phone cover was Arsenal. I'm like, oh, we're, we're off no. to a good start. Oh, we right. are off to a good start. <laughs> and then we talked about, uh, I remember I asked you, I was like, what's your favorite? Well, I was like, what, what formation would you play yeah. if you could? And you're like, oh, 4-3-3. Yeah. You just knew it off the bat. In a perfect world, yeah. Although we... We just started playing four three three yeah. here, but I just mean in general. Yeah. In I was general, like, this yeah. is two years ago. Yeah. Like, if you could play anything, what would you play? They all four three three. Yeah. So yeah. we had no. It was not. But it just the just the the way that the universe has conspired to bring some of these elements together um, has has been awesome and humbling and exciting all at the same time. To go back to your original question, which is what do we have to do to make the playoffs? Yeah, right. <laughs> just like half an hour ago, we got to get. A lot of people in the stands this weekend and next weekend. Oh, yeah. And if for no other reason, like, look, it's a fun night out. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's a great time. And, uh, yeah, it's a fun night out. And, you know, we talked about this again off air, but, Chibs, I don't know if you've seen the weather forecast. We have four days of sun yeah. followed by one day of rain followed by four days of sun, and that one day of rain is Saturday. <laughs> yeah, um, so, so if you haven't been to a game yet, every single home game, it is either rain during the game, right before the game. There's been rain around the game. And for a team that is branded as the, mid- right. the, the Midnight Riders, <laughs> it's it's appropriate. It fits the theme. And, and not, but it's not just like oh, light rain. It's been yeah. threat of thunderstorm. Yeah. We had like the hailstorm in the AC game. Our it got can our Monmouth game got canceled in the second half for thunderstorm. <laughs> this was a thunderstorm that passed through, and we just missed it. But I think yeah. it scared some people off. Oh, but thank goodness it did because it knocked the temperature down a good fifteen degrees. Oh, it was yeah. so much yeah. better yeah. after yeah. it had rained. Yeah. Holy Tell cow! Me about it. That day I played golf that morning, and I thought I was going to pass out when I got home. Where'd and you I'm play? like. Uh, I, over at Newark uh, Country Club. Oh, okay. But yeah, it was it was hot, and I was a little like, I don't know if I can go sit in this heat. And then For, the rain hit, and I was like, oh, thank God. So I think on Saturday, right now it's showing that like if rain is coming through, it's going to be like in the morning, and then by the time like mid afternoon rolls around, it's going to kind of clear up. So mm-hmm. that might be that might be nice. Let's but, hope it happens. Again. But we have some we have a couple other um, youth systems we're working with to get them out. We have um, uh, one of our one of our sponsors, uh, Elite the the. The people who handle all of our athletic training, which, who, by the way, they've been incredible. Yeah. They've been incredible yeah. for Every us this year. Training sessions, games. Our AT, uh, our AT, Tom. Uh, the you know the the the, the clinic they have over there uh, that they that they our guys can go and train at. Uh, their marketing director, Aaron Jascott, who's also like a high school. Uh, she was actually a competitive runner in in college, mm-hmm. and now and she actually coaches track in in Wilmington. She's been the marketing director. Like, they've just been awesome. I just looked at a post. Like, they just made a post. They're, they're going to host, like, a tailgate for us. That's they're, awesome. They're bringing their whole staff out yeah. this week, this nice. weekend. They're, uh, they're hosting a tailgate. They're inviting their, their patients. So, like, they're, they're going to be getting people out. Uh, one of our co-owners, uh, Senator Gay, told me that some law firm is doing an outing this weekend, and they're going to come. So I think we're starting to see yeah. what this thing could look like. Right? I, think, I think the next step is building a supporter section, and then we got to get the songs going. 
Well, we, we for the first yeah, you, you heard me, you We're heard put you in charge now. Oh there. man, <laughs> you don't want me writing the songs. They're gonna be the least creative thing. Speak, hey, hey, right. first date, first date. <laughs> Come on, that'll be about as creative as it gets. Speaking of you know, speaking of atmosphere and songs, I mean, we finally had music in stadium for the first time, right? Yeah. And it's funny because like ja- Jackson and some of the guys beforehand were like, "Can we get music during training sessions or like during our warm up?" During warm up, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, sure," because actually we're gonna be playing the national anthem off the thing this time instead of live. So I'll talk to our PA, you know, our announcer and our play-by-play guy and just have him play it off his phone. And so I was like, by the way, like, throw on, just throw on some tunes. And, you know, I, uh, he's more like our generation, maybe listen to music a little bit older. So I don't know, I don't know if the, what the players were... Well, li- the boys told me they're going to bring their own playlist <laughs> inside it. So. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they they'll take care of it this I time. Enjo- I liked the, the selection that was, com- oh, that was man, coming. I, I don't think they enjoyed it. <laughs> I, don't, I couldn't tell you. I could remember. And it, was like, it was like 70s and 80s stuff, right? Oh, okay. yeah. It was like... Right. And, and no, and, and even some more modern stuff. But it was, it was mainly like... Um, it was mainly like... Um, like punk and rock, and, and they like were like, kind of "Where's stuff. Lil Uzi Vert?" Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. And for you know, for uh, for like Asane and uh, and we gotta and mix pa- it up. Uh, Asane got, and Pape, uh, you got get some of that. What's it? What's it called? Uh, Afrobeats. Afrobeats is like um, I would say African. You know, uh, no, but he had, he had a specific. Life, there was a very pop. specific style of Senegalese like, yeah. music that he made me play in the car that one day. That he made you play in the car <laughs> that played, one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. Um, so we gotta get some of that. We gotta mix it up. We have. Um, Guys from from pretty much all over. We have uh, Argentina, we have Brazil, we have uh, Japan, um, Senegal, Ghana. What is my mission? Speaking of music, we were at uh, we did a community service outing at Delaware Humane Association mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, live international. A lot of our international guys were there, right? So, yeah. and, and and at one point we we were building these like uh, these benches, like these almost like like. They came. They, they weren't prefab, but there's like almost like building an IKEA bench. Those types of instructions. Sure. So we had two sets of them, and so we built ours. We went over to find the other guys, and Yushi, mm-hmm. like our Japanese players, in charge of the music, and just straight ten minutes of Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say uh, this, is, no. this, this is how bad, like I'm thinking like you're gonna go BTS or like he's gonna <laughs> no. go some sort of no. K-pop or no no nope. no Ed Sheeran, Ed which Sheeran. is like. I'm, Fine by me, but like, and and some of the other guys, and like, they were making fun of Toomey for not knowing some of these songs. But like, the other guys were also into it. So I was like, God, all right. I mean, that's cool. There like, you go. That's fine. It's fine with me. I'm surprised that they're. In, I'm surprised these 20 year olds are are feeling that flow. Has that been cool to see too? Like, you've got all these different cultures and just watching them gel in this team. Yeah. I think it's it's been one of our strength, honestly. Um, they're beginning to learn from each other. Uh, words, sentences. We have this big term. That I kind of joke around with, uh, you know, they say big player to each other. So I, when I see you at uh, training session, I come close to you. I say, hey, big player, you know, something that gets them going. And that's something to me brought from, from South Africa. So little stuff like that, again, uh, of the field, yeah, I think it, it's why they're beginning to joke quickly now on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, so far, it, it's been great. And you, and you said uh, so two things. About it. Number one, you said the big players also other like is that you said in Ghana too? Or? Yeah, mostly in, in Africa, you would you would see the kid. Um, like when you see a big player, you know uh, somebody who's played in the pros, who's more experienced, um, you want to go up, up to him and you know ask a few questions. You try to you know make him feel that you know they respect this. It's there. like sir, exactly. hello, good sir. Exactly. Yeah, you know yeah. You go up and say, hey, big player. You know again that right there, it just starts the conversation on a good note. So um, the boys are enjoying it. So for some people, it's 
you know, like the Americans are like, well, you call a big player, not right. a big player. So now I just call everyone big. Now exactly. I just say it to Tumi, like, oh, I'm just, hey, big player, what's up? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's but, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah but it's good, good kids, good guys. They all move on very well. I think uh, it's a reason why we are, we are playing very well on the pitch. You can tell, you know, it, it's translating. And, and number two, you know, and uh, without divulging sort of all the locker room conversations because we've had a rough season, right? But one of our coaches made a point to, to kind of point out that, like, we've definitely had reasons to hang our head. Like, at this point in the season where playoffs are almost out of reach, may, maybe guys you'd think might start, like, thinking about what they're going to do the rest of the summer, thinking about their college season, start to lose focus, maybe, like, eh, season's over. But, like, our guys are locked in, and they're still enjoying themselves, and, like, the camaraderie and the atmosphere and training and in the group has just been great. And, again, that's not those aren't even my words. Those are coming from coaches who have spent a lot of time in a lot of different places and have remarked about, like, wow, there's something special about this culture. And that's intentional. Like, Chibs has been recruiting – we've been recruiting intentionally to yeah. build – a culture, and if you you kind of don't fit the culture, then this might not be the place for you. But just on the on the note of about players gelling and that kind of stuff, you know, it's we have had a rough season. We've had things not go our way. We've had the rainouts and 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 people leaving and injuries, and then getting shellacked when we shouldn't get shellacked and blowing big leads. And I think in a lot of other clubs, you might see one guy storm off angry and not come back. I'm done for the season. Another guy you might see be like, eh, my foot hurts. I got a college season in a month. We haven't had that. Guys have been, guys are invested. They're still picking each other up. They're still encouraging each other. They're all trying to get better. And I mean, I, I can't ask for any more from the group of players that we have. Yeah, we, we need to, we, we need to reinf, you know, we got to build the squad a little bit differently next year because we just lost some of our better defenders. But I, I couldn't ask for more from the guys that we have. I, I don't know that we could have gotten any more out of them this year. Yeah. It's and, been great. And so, you know, kind of on that note, too, as you look to the future, I mean, future future feels bright, right? Like, I mean, the team's, team's stable. You oh, guys yeah. are going to bring in – you're going to have to rebuild it from the ground up next year? No. No, okay. no, not at all. So I some think. of these guys can come back. Yeah. Yes. yes. Actually, majority of them are, are going to come back. We've already started having uh, discussions and, and talks with them. Um, they've, they've enjoyed the experience here as well, um, besides the results and all that. But uh, I think we're going to bring majority of this back, and this could be our foundation, you know, moving into the next year. We're going to build on that, add more pieces that we, we felt we, we lacked the most. And I think uh, going into year two, uh, I think, uh, and again, this is not even just coming from us, even the away teams and opponents we've played, every single game we get tons and tons of compliments. Um, you guys are, you know, you're doing well, just keep going, you know, you're, you're getting closer and we can feel it and we can tell it as well. So um, I think uh, maybe 70, 80 percent of these guys will, will return next year. And then we're just going to add up a few pieces that we are missing, most importantly, our, our back line there. So um, I think going into year two, we, we really feel much more prepared and, and, and ready, I awesome. would say. Yeah. And I think we'll have more. We'll, we'll, we'll add depth at some places that we might be fine now, yeah. but like we want guys to push each other. And we need to have contingency yes. plans in case of injury. I mean, we, we've been relatively lucky. Well, no. no. Nick Line got, yeah. uh, before the season started, our, our, one of our probably starting number sixes, yeah. if not like in the mix, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Achilles rupture. Um, so he's out. We got lucky that our, our center forward, Asane, didn't have a, uh, a fracture in his foot, but we thought he did. Like, mm-hmm. we had to go get him x-rays and, and get him taken care of. It turns out it was like, probably like a bone bruise, but we were close to having him miss half the season. Yeah. 
Um, we've been relatively lucky, but that might not happen next year. So we need to have – I think we'll have more depth. We'll, we'll, we'll fill in some holes. We'll have some more depth. We won't have to com be competing with COVID. COVID really – It was tough. If you didn't – right. For, if you didn't know, some soccer teams played, some didn't, and some played in the spring instead of the fall. Gotcha. Which meant that their spring season – normally guys could join us May 1st. Guys couldn't, some guys couldn't join us because their spring season hadn't ended. Well, there's not going to be a spring season next year. So some of those things were resolved. Just Look, we're, we already have an eye towards next year, yeah. right? The, the <clears> fan <throat> experience has to get better. Like, we're, we're, everything's going to get better. Yeah. We're going to recruit a little bit better. We're going to know what we're doing on game days a little bit better. Yeah. We're going to be more prepared in stadium for stuff. You know, things are just going to happen sooner and, and earlier and more efficient, I think, yeah. next year. And yeah. I, th I think that's going to be better for the players the coaching staff, for the fans, for everyone. Um, so I think it's a good foundation. If we win our next two games, never say never. Yeah. If we win our next two games and, and, and somehow things go sideways for Monmouth. We although I'll tell you in. what, Torch is sitting on nine points because they've beaten Hershey twice and Scranton once. Right. If they get to 11 points somehow. They can get in. Yeah. Well, they can get higher than we can. Yeah. So, like, I, I've been saying Monmouth, but I checked the sayings the other day. Torch is sitting on nine points. So, yeah. So we, let's, let's win Saturday. Let's win Saturday. <laughs> Make it happen. Let's definitely win Saturday. We've got to win Saturday. But then if they – I don't know who they play last game of the season. Yeah. We'll, we'll look after our business. That's the most important one. But if we can get to ten points, then as we sit here today – I'll tell you what we should do. That's fourth place. We know our next game. Yeah. We'll talk about <laughs> the next one. <laughs> That's how, yeah, that's I know, true. but he asked about playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I did. It's my fault. I asked about playoffs. Uh, well, we've been talking for an hour, and I could keep talking for another hour. I won't do that to you, though. I didn't get into the whole, like, philosophy of promotion and relegation in American football. That was that was a whole topic we I could, could. I mean, we could. Save that for another pod. <laughs> we could save that for another one. You could save it for when you guys launch your own yeah, podcast, yeah. too. But I, does, do MPSL clubs qualify for U.S. Open Cup? Yes. Yes. So could we see you guys in the U.S. Open Cup next year? Not next Tw year. You gotta win your three. Yeah. You gotta win your conference. Oh, so you have to win Keystone yeah. to get into it. You have to win Keystone to get into like the drawing. Interesting. So like this pat. So Atlantic City technically won in 2019. Um, so Atlantic City were like technically the reigning champs coming into this year. The U.S. Open Cup draw that happened in like what was it eight, February or March yeah. or something. They had like something like an 11 percent chance, and they didn't get selected. Gotcha. But they were in the pot. But it, so it's not like the League Cup or FA Cup in in. Uh, the UK. No, that's what no. he's saying. Like, uh, no, you're right. Whoever finishes 20th in League Two mm -hmm. still qualifies for that. So it's yeah. not that, but it's like all the MLS teams, and then like as you go down the pyramid, you get fewer team slots. So sure. Like, all the MLS teams, uh, a decent number of USL champion, probably all the USL championship yeah. teams, then like some USL one, some NISA, and then even fewer from like. UPSL and PSL and like open what they call like open play, which is just yeah. like sort of regional stuff. But I, but the conference winners in the MPSL go into the pot to get their name picked. So gotcha. you could end up winning your conference and then getting drawn against, you know, some other club. Yeah. Although it is really tougher for teams in the NPSL because sometimes when the draws come out, you have to play early in the spring. Yep. It could be March, it could be April. And if you look at uh, most of the MPSL teams, it comprises of kids that are still in college at that time. So you could even still get a drop and not have players to compete. Sure. Know? So yeah. that's so another obstacle. Yeah, so yeah. you basically have to have a reserve team. Yeah. You ready have to have a reserve go. team ready to go yeah. in, order to, in order to play in that. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. But hopefully one day we, it's a problem oh, yeah. that we have to Absolutely. contend with here in Wilmington. That'd yeah. be great. That'd be yeah. nice. 
Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, any, anything else you guys wanted to talk about that we didn't get to? I mean, I think, like you well, said, we fans, yeah, absolutely, they've been great. And look, uh, like I said, um, besides the first, I, I think we did first game. I didn't say we had we had good amount, but uh, the last uh, home games here that we've played, you could tell, you know, we, we are beginning to to engage the, the players here. And for us, it's nice to see that we can draw some energy from the fans here. So uh, we're just uh, hoping in the last two games here it would come out. We would love to see them. Um, and the youth clubs as well, but uh, we, we appreciate the support so far, and we are all looking you know, into next year you know, how to make this better uh, for, for both parties here. So big shout-out and, and big thanks to, to the community. Awesome. And actually, on that note, the, the one last point I had was that we're actually going to be working another community event tomorrow. Um, the Department of Justice is sort of um, hosting this community fair up in, uh, on the east side of Wilmington, and it's bringing together like 15 or 20 organizations in one place so that um, with all kinds of resources for the community, camps for kids, uh, there are going to be barbers giving out free haircuts, there's going to be stuff, uh, I think there's going to be like school-related stuff, there's going to be mental health organizations, there's going to be police departments, there's going to be a lot of resources in one area that's designed to make sure that like it's a one-stop shop for things that you might not have knew existed, things that your kids might need, um, you know, people who live in that in that part of town who... Um, have been saying that, you know, our kids need something to do. We don't really know what's out there. Tomorrow is going to be a place or, or, or is going to be a fair for everyone to show up, see what's out there, see some res- find some new resources that you didn't know existed, get that fresh shape up if you want. Uh, and so we're going to be there too, um, just sort of doing our part and supporting and getting to interact with our community, getting to know these families a little bit better, um, probably have some free stuff to give away, maybe some free tickets to give away to get hey. them involved. So um, that's, you know, that's something that's important to us. And if, for anyone who's, you know, is, well, this isn't even going up until next week. Is well, it? I don't know. I might, have to, I might have to crank it out this afternoon now. I'm, got, I'm uh, going to the union game tonight. So but are we. I'll be there. Where are you guys sitting? Chips, uh, uh, where are we sitting? I don't even know. I know the ticket is somewhere. <laughs> All right. We're 114, so okay. I don't see I, I don't know where, I don't know where yeah. we're, we're sitting, but we got cool. some waiting. Good but, stuff. So, but, um, but, yeah, so even if this isn't going out until next week, uh, the point is that like these things are out there and you know we're doing our best to kind of help raise awareness and then also get out there and really engage with the people that we're trying to connect with and make sure that that we're viewed as um, a positive force in their lives and also for some of these kids we just want them to get exposed to the game for sure and they've probably never you know, I don't I won't say probably but some of them we know have never been to a professional sporting event or anything like it and especially with soccer if you're not going to the union yeah, where are you going? Right, where are you going? So, yeah. you know, that that was a very intentional on our part. That's what we're bringing to Wilmington. And so we are really trying to make sure, you know, we were out there for Roberto Clemente opening day on the west side of town. We're going to be out there tomorrow on the east side of town, just kind of letting people know that we're there for them. Come check us out. Come see what we're about. Um, very know. affordable. It's very affordable. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it, it's also part of it. Accessibility, right? Family I, friendly, too, yeah. We yeah. could have talked about this in the beginning, but accessibility is, is something that's lacking in American soccer, right? Accessibility for the down-home local yeah, sure. folks. Lots of European cities have their own team, even if it's only five, 6,000 people in the town. That's not here. Like, the closest thing that people are going to choose to identify with is, is the Union or, like, D.C. United, and that ain't it. Not because those aren't good clubs, but because they don't represent, like, Delaware. Sure. Yeah. Um, so accessibility is important to us. So affordability has to come hand-in-hand with that. We yeah, want, what, we, it's we, like $10 or something? For adults. For adults. And, and five for yeah. kids. So, yeah. So, uh, and again, uh, we ended that for some people that's still 
like it's money, right? We understand that, but we're trying to make it as accessible as we can, and so we're trying to do our part. And again, I think we're gonna we're gonna be giving out some free stuff to make sure that people who can't otherwise attend will be able to. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot cheaper than what like otherwise a forty dollar ticket to an MLS game probably or, or well, yeah, or and about. it's and it's also by design, it's cheaper than a night at the movies. Mm-hmm. It's cheaper than going to Longwood Gardens. Mm-hmm. It's cheaper than like bowling. And, and realistically, the best stadium yeah. in this league. Right. I mean, that is a oh, yeah. Abyssinio Stadium's a oh, phenomenal yeah. facility. Yeah. It's the first time I'd been in it since mm-hmm. they built it was for yeah. the first game, and yeah. I was blown away. It, uh, it's great. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so all, but but that type of affordability was absolutely by design, and we want to be the best thing you can do on a Saturday night. But we also want to be like the most affordable family thing you can do on a Saturday night, um, because accessibility is important to us. Sure. Sure. And I mean, I'll say too, like I studied, I spent a summer studying abroad in Scotland and a big thing for me when this came about is like, I can remember being like, I was all over the country when I was there doing documentary work. And I remember going into a pub in like Sterling Mm -hmm. and just these like group of like 10 guys Mm -hmm. watching their, the local, the local match. And I'm like, how is this even on TV? What is happening? And they're like a second tier Scottish club. Right. And just going crazy and it's all over the walls and i'm just thinking like i want this like i want this back home this is cool you know you get minor league baseball and like that's fine like you know blue rocks you know been around for 30 some years as long as i've been around and like that's neat but you just don't get that same level of attachment that these guys had and i'm like i'm in like when first state came up i'm like yes let's go ride or die One, one of our which is awesome one of our fans went up to my dad who's a part owner and, and plays a very big role in the club, uh, handles a lot of, a bazillion things for us, um, after one of our home games, and talked to him about how there's some XM radio station for, like, soccer, and he called in to talk about First State FC. That's awesome. And he was super proud of it. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember his name right now. I think it might have been William. But he's like a – he was proud – he was proud of the fact that this existed and that he was a fan and he needed to call into XM Radio to tell everyone about it. And then he <laughs> needed to tell us that he called XM Radio to tell everyone about it. And so that's that's what we want. Yeah. I mean, we want people who are invested in it. And we know that we then have a responsibility to deliver on the pitch. Um, and not, it, yes, results, but also philosophy and performance. And there, like, there's a way that we want to play and that we believe in and that coach believes in um, and that we don't want to... For example, we're not we're not playing Mourinho ball. We're not sitting in a low block and just waiting and waiting and waiting. That's good. I don't like Mourinho ball. Not a Mourinho fan. As a Chelsea fan, not a Mourinho fan. Right. (laughs) But but so like we have a philosophy, we have an identity, and it's we're just starting to imprint that on the overall club. And as that grows, I think engagement from the fans will grow as well because they'll get they'll understand what we're about. They'll understand what they're going to see on to the extent that they care about X's and O's, and not everyone does, and that's fine. But to the extent that you care about X's and O's. You're going to see the way that we're playing. You're going to appreciate the the flow, the the free flowingness yeah. of our attack. You're going to, I, you know, I think as that gets better, fan engagement will, will improve to some extent, and we'll do a better job next year about doing like coaches' corners and tactical talks and like those kinds of things for the people who do care about that. We've just, you know, there's a there's like a handful of us. Yeah, that that'll be awesome thing, though. Right? Uh, that would be awesome. It's, yeah, it, we and we know got we know people want it. We know that we can do it. Yeah. It's just. There are only so many hands and so many hours. Yeah, it's so many hours in the day. You don't have to tell me. Right. (laughs) This department is me. So I I feel it. Uh, Let me tell you, if if I can get you to come out for our rec soccer team and uh, get them to distribute through the wing, 
the way you guys do. I have been screaming all year, guys, stop running the ball through the middle of the field on every play. We need to use the wings. Um, I'll be there. (laughs) I love, but I do, I love watching that style of play because it is, it's amazing to see that out and in distribution is great. And you need to be strong. Yeah, and we're strong in, like, at least uh, on the attacking and creative side, we're we're strong in the middle of the field too. So, like, I don't know how you're going to, like, if you want to defend Hakeem on one side who's physical and fast and likes to play with Sean because they play at Wilmington together so they know each other very well. On the other side, you've got Gee who's going to run past you. Yeah. And then he's going to cut, and you don't know which way he's going to cut. He is very quick. Okay. So you already have your winger. You already have, if you're playing a back three, you've got your wing backs occupied. Or if you're playing a back two, you've got your full backs occupied. You've got Ben Asane, who's six foot two, and you can't get the ball from him, and he scores. And sitting behind them are our number 10, and then Yushi. Yep. And Yushi's making late runs, and Sean's making late runs, and. And they have a. Uh, Santi, who you saw, is very calm, composed on the ball, very intelligent. Um, no matter what pressure you put on him, he's guaranteed to pick uh, the, the right passes. So I'll say attacking-wise that we do have the, the right pieces in, in the right position. So uh, we have different ways of, well, like I said, breaking in, in, into, into the final third, which is why we've created lots of lots of chances. Um, just haven't been able to finish them. Yeah. Well, it's coming. It's like, you yeah. know, we've talked about it three or four times already in this hour, but Every game's been better. I, I fully, I'm not, I'm not going to jinx anything, but I fully uh, mm. anticipate seeing, you know, a pretty raucous crowd cheering yeah, some yeah, stuff this so. weekend. Now we, won't, now we won't have Asane, right? Because he's yeah, got a one-match ban from, from, yeah. the, from the red yeah. cards. We'll get, so I think we'll get a good replacement. So dumb. Yeah. But, <laughs> so but, dumb. but, yeah, so, I mean, look, he's our leading goal scorer, and he's not going to be there. Um, so yeah. I, regardless of who you're playing or, or how you're playing, you take your leading goal scorer away, and it's not as yeah. good. Right, you you, you got to find other solutions, but I think I think given the really physical, intense matches that we've had to play so far, I'm expecting our guys will have a little bit more freedom to create this week, and that which 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 suits our our, our playing style yeah. and and suits probably what what's nice to watch for the fans as well. So if I manage to edit this in the next two hours, mm-hmm. come out on Saturday. Yeah. And uh, and and watch First State SC take on Torch. Yeah. If I don't, and this comes out next week, then come out on Saturday and, uh, and six p.m. Same Elect- place. Electric City. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It'd be great. Only two more chances to catch us this year, at home. And then we gotta wait until what May. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, don't like it. Unless we look, we'll we'll have a presence in the in the in the fall. Yeah. We'll have a presence in the fall. We're not we're not just like. Closing the doors and shutting up shop. We're going to be around. We're going to be in the community. We're going to be doing. We're probably going to be doing camps. We're talking to youth systems about getting out there. Our guys are going to be around. And if nothing else, some of our best players are, are going to be playing this fall right here in Wilmington. Right, Wilmington U, Goldie Beacom, and they play each other. So we're going to have guys still in the mix, and so we're going to try and stay visible. And I'll tell you, here at the county, we are we are about to begin construction on a new soccer field at Banning Park. So you know, Park. maybe maybe some opportunities to uh, get you guys out there and yeah test it out, put it through its paces. When is this going up? You know? Well, it's been it's been approved for like five years to get built, but we are finally <laughs> like in the contract selection process. Banning so Park is it up north? It is no, it's off of Route Four, off of Maryland uh, Avenue, Newport. Okay, not, oh yeah, yeah, it's not far from. Um, it's not far from right where we are now. It's not far from. Is it far from DMA? No, it's, it's really right it's right the there. Yeah, it's right yep. on the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's two soccer fields there now. Grass they are currently well, they're mostly dirt right now. Well, yeah, <laughs> but what's it gonna be? It's gonna be turf. Like okay. yeah, like uh like at like you know, rubberized, like what you're playing on now at Avicennia. 
Yeah, I, nice. Here's an interesting tidbit for you mm. that no one would have known and that I can share now because it's been a couple of years. We got an offer prior to COVID when we were still ramping up for our 2020 season. We got an offer from, uh, we got connected through the AC owner um, who were, you know, he and I have uh, started to sort of have some a business relationship and sort of just like, uh, we appreciate what, what the other one does and like we're sort of friends now in, in navigating our way through this. He put us in touch with like a handler for like Spanish teams, basically. Mm. And we basically had a friendly booked with Mallorca. Wow. That would have been awesome. RCD Mallorca, who at the time was owned in part by Kyle Martino, Steve Nash, and Stuart Holden. Uh, Not Stuart Holden. um, What's his name? Holden. Stu Holden. Stu Holden. Yeah, Yeah. it's Stu Holden. Um, And so we basically, they were going to be coming to the United States and, and had two friendlies booked against other clubs and needed one more right in this triangle. Sure. And so we were, we were, talking about locking that down when uh when COVID hit when it all went awry but i i think that those opportunities are likely to come back next year well rob mackelin he's bringing wrexham in to play the union in a couple weeks so you know i mean if you want to get celebrities bringing their fourth tier soccer teams around we're we're ready to have them yeah now you got now you have to make sure the pitch is acceptable right they have all kinds of standards for like pitches and stuff like that but those opportunities are um uh, I think going to be on the horizon for us again when when we're finally on the other side of COVID and and when we have a little bit more notoriety like we do. So I think next summer we'll really maybe be able to kick this thing into into the next gear. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, awesome, good so. stuff. That's I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so are we. I mean, like it's <laughs> it's 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 this this summer has been exhausting, and this has been like a grind in a good way, but still a grind. Sure. And like part of me is like, I am taking. A lot of time off <laughs> when the season's over, or as much as I can feasibly. But then the other part of me is like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to go for next year. I'm ready it. to restart this and 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 make the improvements and come. Like I wish we could come back in two months instead, yeah. of, instead of ten. Well, and say like July fourth. You know, you'll exhale and enjoy the the holiday weekend, right? And then you'll be looking forward to that like week and a half break, uh, probably. And then I imagine about ten days later, probably mid July, you'll be like. Here's 7,500 ideas that I've now had in these 10 right. days. Yeah, And it's time to, and now yeah. we know what they are, yeah. right? Like we didn't know what we didn't know, but now we do. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's going to be pretty quickly, we're, the, our organizationally, we're going to turn around and start preparing now for, to for make sure. next year even better. That's awesome. All right, I'm going to get you guys out of here. I thank you so much sure. for coming Thanks in. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having uh, us, man. You know, I'm decked out. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm ready for Saturday. Ready to go. And I, I, I hope everybody else is, is ready to come out and support this team. And, and if you don't make it out this season, make it out next season when it sounds like we're going to kick it into another gear. Yep. It's pretty great. Awesome. Yep. So uh, Dave Highlight Chips, uh, the, the First State FC coach, thank you guys for coming in and look forward to seeing you. Yep. Thanks awesome. for having us. Thank yep. you. Yep.